Hi, this is Umida Switlow from Cuso VSO West. I'm in, on Salt Spring Island on a rainy Saturday. <laughs> it's been dry for a while, and I was I'm really happy to be uh, talking with Donna Cochran, without an E. <laughs> That's right. Um, at this at the gallery, and you have an exhibit here today, Donna. I do. It's called Sibling Revelry. Yes. And two. My friend and I are exhibiting with our brothers, so two sisters and two brothers. The two sisters are not related, nor are the two brothers, but the sisters and brothers are the relationship. Uh -huh. I'm a basket maker, and my brother, turn Doug Cochran, turns wood and does stained glass. So he's done bowls and bases and some stained glass work, such as spawning salmon and jellyfish and I've added basketry elements to them or I've echoed the pieces that he's turned and so I've made a basket out of different materials and to mimic the shape of the wood that he's turned. Oh that's beautiful. Sibling right? Sib sibling revelry. Revelry <laughs> and it's uh, at what's the name of This it? is Art Spring. It's the Island Arts Center and there are three galleries here and we're in the multi-purpose but there's a Bateman gallery after Robert and Birgit Bateman yes. and a, another smaller gallery space and there's a second show on in the lobby and it's called Still Life and Gail Sibley who's also with her brother Brett Sibley and our show is showing some smaller pastel work of Still Life with Shirley Lewis oh. and that's in the all throughout the lobby area. So it's it's beautiful. Your work is beautiful, Thank you. and I pictured you with this beautiful kim woven kimono. Yes, the kimono is uh, pr probably about five feet across by about three feet, just under three feet in height. We've suspended it from the gallery ceiling, and it is made with painted heavy watercolor paper, arches oh. rough, 140 pound weight watercolor paper. I painted it in acrylic on both sides. One is a wild pattern of beautiful color and the other is a, a muted pattern, a muted color, one shade of kind of a blue. And then I cut those strips that I've woven out of, in, a, in a pasta machine. Oh, wow! <laughs> so they're quarter inch, very uniform strips and then I've woven them together as if it's cloth. Wow. And it just hangs with a very subtle uh, a frame a line opening at the front so it's beautiful. and so you can walk around it see into it yeah Wonderful. open sleeves yeah it's very so you served with QSO I did I what did. year 1975 to 77 in northern Nigeria right on the in Katsina right on the Niger border and I actually met my husband uh, there but we didn't get together for another 10 years really he was our field staff officer Greg Spengen and he was in Kaduna and he was just leaving as I was arriving. And 10 years later, we re-met in CETA, introduced ourselves again, and eventually got together. We're known as a big international dating That's agency, right. aren't we? <laughs> and, and I always knew where he was, and he went to Papua New Guinea, oh. and he was who he was with, and he heard what who I was with, and etc. Isn't that an amazing yeah. romance? Yes, Cuso is a wonderful place. <laughs> <laughs> so before you left, what had you been studying? I studied, I got my Bachelor of Education in Special Education and Psychology, and I went straight to Nigeria to teach my first years there. And I did um, English education methods, and then I switched into art, and that's where I really began to explore my artistic side, which I had, but hadn't had time to explore. Yeah. Well, what is, when you think back to so long ago, 
what were some of the impressions that service left? Well, first of all, we know it changed your life in one way. Yes. That you in married many this guy. Ways, okay. In many ways. Tell from, me. From, uh, well, the two years in Cuso, I traveled extensively in West Africa, all modes of transport from Cameroon to Senegal, and I actually took in Egypt at the time, which is the country where my husband was born. Oh. That not it, I did not know that at the time. But I then went, I met somebody, and we went on to live and work in Uganda. And I stayed for three years. Our marriage, our, our, we separated there. Still very good, close friends. And I taught there, and then I got into uh, an aid delivery program for schools that were affected by the war that ousted Idi Amin. So I was there 80 to 83, just before the AIDS uh, epidemic started. I'm from Uganda. Just, I thought you might have been, yeah. yes. I loved it. I loved that so country. Rich. But it was very, very dangerous when I was there. Yeah, but yeah. I compelled, I, I just loved it. And then I'm I went on. That you I, I came back and worked for a non-government for a bit, and then I was asked by CETA to join them. And being a good CUSO, I said I'd never work for the government. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I did. And I was there for ten years. Ten and I, years. I worked in the Egypt program, which is when I made the connection. Around the time I made the connection with Greg, and then I got to know some of his family and friends who are still in Cairo. I went. I was there for five and a half years back and forth between Ottawa and, uh, and Egypt. Egypt. And I did a bit of work in Sudan. And then I switched over to the Central America program, learned French and Spanish, working in both. And uh, I went to Costa Rica uh, because it, at that point it was a decentralized program in San Jose and I covered programs from Mexico to Panama over those five years. Wow, that's a huge... And then after that, did you do any more we, international... We had decided that we were going to drop out in yeah. airports, <laughs> and we looked for a community, and I was raised in Richmond, and knew a little bit of the islands, and we really wanted to find a community, and so we looked at the Gulf Islands, Vancouver Islands, small communities along Vancouver Island, east and west coast. We decided on Salt Spring. So in 1991, before I went on a posting to Costa Rica, we had bought a house here and with the idea to move in 1995 and a whole new life started here. We said goodbye to formal work and I arrived here and that's the first time I ever made a basket was when I arrived. Really? And that QSO and the various overseas uh, traveling and working, living and working, I collected baskets. I loved them everywhere mm. I went. And then when I got here, I had this big collection of baskets, mostly utilitarian things were in them. And a friend said, have you ever made a basket? I said, no, I've been done all kinds of other things. She said, when I teach a class, I'll call you. I made the first basket, it changed my life. How and amazing I, is that? I've been studying with native uh, master weavers on, on uh, from uh, um, from Queen Charlotte, so the Haida Gwaii oh. and um, Ketchikan, Alaska, the Churchill mother and daughter, Dolores Churchill and Holly Churchill, and we've had English, Swiss, Americans, Danish, uh, all kinds of basket makers have come. I've gone to places now, I've taught, I've been teaching for over 10 years, um, basketry, so I'm back to teaching and my wow. love of art. That's beautiful. And living in this place. It's a magnificent place yeah. and your arts 
incredibly beautiful. Thank Where's you. your husband now? He, we had for eight and a half years a baking business that was his business, and it got it was called Bite Me Treats, and we were, had a Saturday market stall, which you that's where I met you at the yes. Saturday market, and it was it took over our lives in a very positive way. I didn't get as much art done as I wanted, and we have a huge garden and a small farm property, so. We decided after eight and a half years that was enough, and someone stepped up and bought our business, and we've been helping them. But uh, he's now in the garden and playing a lot of chess and doing a lot of writing. Oh. He he did some international consultancies with FAO and uh, some other UN organizations after we got here. But at one point he said, "I have to be here," so he began just to concentrate on here, and that's when he started his business. That. Mm grew so big I had to help him. So we were working six days a week. Oh my goodness. Just to bake for the Saturday market. Yeah. Really? All handmade things, things from his past in the from his childhood in the Middle East. Lots of Middle East specialties. It's, it's all cookies and bars, sweets and a little bit of savory, yeah. And so you would have seen the the baking right beside the bread lady. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Well I just uh, uh, if Tell him we said hello. I will. I will. And he knows that I'm coming because he took your message and said, you better get back there. <laughs> so I stuff something in my oh, mouth for lunch and I race back and I'm so glad I oh, caught you before wonderful. you left so the So we'll, up, we'll upload this and we look forward maybe that you'll take the time to come. To we will really try to do so. It's the 4th and the 5th, 5th of, of December. December. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. And we're in touch with many, many of our QSO friends. So please yeah. tell them. Yeah. Um, and email uh, my give them my email address and we'll reconnect. Okay. And all your old Exidos QSO friends too. Yes. Yeah, yes. There are lots of and those. And honestly, QSO changed both of our lives completely. Yeah. Wow. Thank well, you. Very grateful for your service. And we're so glad that this government is still funding you. <laughs> and we look forward to other support from everyone. Exactly. So if anyone, it's it's really. It's really important for us to become a little more self-reliant as the years go by. Absolutely. So yeah. I think uh, that if anyone's interested, there we are. We're still a charity. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.